It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 o'clock. It is time for episode 204 of the Ron and Brian podcast as we barrel down uh, coming up on, uh, what is it, four-year anniversary coming up in the next couple of weeks? Absolutely. I believe um, uh, the uh, uh, early May uh, is when we do it. So it's it's got to be at any point now, if anybody remembers when our first episode came out. Um, and I'm also going to you know announce right now my respect for you um, for sticking out those first couple episodes because um, you know the uh, the technical difficulties that we were having in terms of operating the show. This you know in the beginning days, you know back when we were using uh, Western Union to uh, uh, pass uh, messages to each other. Um, I was recording audio on my end. You were recording it on yours. Um, I was sending you my file. You were trying to line them up together. I don't remember what software. Like, what, oh, we were using Skype in the beginning, weren't we? Uh, I believe we were using uh, LimeWire, which explains all the um, uh, mislabeled Metallica songs that I was getting, which was just static. Oh, that makes sense. I know. Well, Ron, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, sir? Just all right. Just all right. We'll uh, we'll get more into that when we get to B for the week. But are we talking about are we talking about Piper? Uh, no, we'll have a we've got uh, we've got a rare uh, double week in a row on oh, a B for the week. Man. In the meantime, uh, let's not talk B for the week just yet. We got to have a drink. Drink of the week. Nazdrovia. Salud. Drink of the week. Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week. All right. Uh, So, Brian, uh, what is it that you brought for your drink this week? You know, Ron, I went overseas for this one, daddy. I went with old crafty hen coming from our friends over at Moreland's Brewery in England. Their master brewer, taking a look at this lovely color. Look at the color of this. Their master brewer has created a premium vintage oak-aged beer, which delivers a variety of sophisticated tastes. Not issues. I have issues. The Marvelous 5X. It brings resonance, depth, and eruption of fruity raisin notes, underscored by the malted toffee from the old speckled hen uh, crates to create a perfectly smooth and rounded beer, complex, mysterious, and a question and answer all in one coming in at 6.5 ABV. If you're asking Brian, what kind of food pairings does this beer go great with? I'm going to tell you rice puddings, lighter casseroles, and tangy cheese. But first, I'm going to take a sip because I don't have any rice puddings. I don't have lighter casseroles. And the only cheese I have is between my toes. I, I've been wondering often what I could pair my rice pudding with. It is good to know that there is a beverage out there. For that. Oh, that's delicious! Is it? That's fucking delicious. All right, it's well, um, it's it's a nice ale, so it's not it's not too sharp, um, okay. but it's not hoppy at all. There's no bitter aftertaste. Um, oh, very good. 
I would have I, a couple of these. I, I down at the pub. <laughs> pub. Yes. Very um, good. Ron? Yes. What are you drinking? Uh this week I brought one one I've had before, but it's uh, it's getting into that crushable beer weather again. Uh and you know I love drinking local. So we are going with the good folks with uh from Workhouse Brewing uh over in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. This is their Blood Orange Ghost, uh, a ghost ale brewed with blood orange and sea salt. Um, it is clocking in at 5%, so a little lighter on the alcohol, but that's all okay. right. I've been drinking all weekend, so this is a nice way to finish up the weekend. It's a nice color. Oh, it's good. It's tart. If you like, you know, a nice tart, sour uh, ghost, um, it's got that nice blood orange, and then you get a little saltiness at the end of it. So I give it a thumbs up, Ryan. Um, you commented that you've been drinking all weekend? Yes. Walk me through your weekend. What did you do? I mean, so what, Friday night, um, just kind of uh, hung out. Uh, oh, no, went out to dinner on Friday night, excuse me. Uh, and then went out to, no, ordered in. My, my weekend is all blurred. So ordered in on Friday, had a, had a beer or two here at the house. Uh, Saturday, went down to the brewery close to the house. They had a uh, Foo Fighters slash Dave Grohl tribute band. Uh, so we w- were there for a bit. Had a few beers there. Today, just working around the house, I uh, did some slow-cooked ribs on the grill today for dinner. Some St. Louis baby back ribs. Uh, what? Cooked them, cooked them up, took about five hours. Uh, very tasty. I'll have to do that the next time you come for a visit. I'm a little hurt. To, uh, I'm, I, I am a little hurt. Are you a little hurt? A little hurt that you didn't uh, let me know. What What? What was your weekend? What? Uh, what were you up to? <sighs> That you're willing to share. Um, I'm going to say that we uh, the the weekend was primarily spent cleaning up and cleaning my apartment. Um, I it, it, it it's uh, it, I recently realized through some some major life changes that I have uh, drawers, I have closets that I have not gone through in uh, many years. And I've been just kind of shoving shit in. And what I discovered earlier today was that I have four gigantic jugs of um, hand soap mm. um, that I did not know I had. And I just kept ordering new when I was right. winding down. And I would buy two at a time and just shove it into the back of the closet. So I threw out a lot of garbage. Um, went out for dinner yesterday. Um and uh, what did I do on Friday? Oh, Friday, uh, uh, big. I went out into the 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 the, the swamps of Jersey, mm. lovely um, Garwood, New Jersey. Could be, maybe Garland. I don't know. I went to the lovely Crosslands where I saw the um, uh, doing a solo show. Lars Fredrickson from the band Rancid. Um, just one man and his guitar stories. Um, taking requests, making people laugh. Um, went with two good friends of mine and uh, had a great show. Um, and uh, that was my weekend. I would say overall, um, Crosswoods in Garwood. Thank you, uh, William Esquire, coming in with the save. There you Cross go. Crosswoods in Garwood, not Crosswood. I never said that I was completely accurate. I said <laughs> I was going to get close. Sure. Um, so that was my Friday night. Excellent. Sounds like a good time. Well, now, so uh, while you were seeing the Foo Fighters or the Fave Fighters, what was it? Fave Grohl. Fave Grohl, which is a great name for a cover band, I'd like to say. Fave Grohl. Uh, well, uh, we had a good weekend, but I think we need to air some grievances. 
with yes. Beast of the Week. Yes. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? <sighs> okay. Um, it's not necessarily today, um, but this week was really where I hit the, um, the rock bottom in terms of my complaint is the weather in April. Um, okay. absolutely schizophrenic and that's not to insult people with, uh, mental, uh, diseases. Um, one day light jacket, one day, heavy jacket, one day, heavy jacket with a vest underneath the next day, sweatshirt, um, one day hat, one day you regret not bringing your scarf and gloves. Um, earlier this week, I, uh, I attended a, uh, baseball game at, uh, Yankee stadium. Thanks for the invite. Mm. Um, and I couldn't tell you something. I, I froze. Like I, it was the, it was, it was the last, um, it was the end of, uh, April. You would think that it would have warmed up by now, but it wasn't, um, uh, did not even have the, uh, desire to pound crushable beers, uh, uh, wanted a cup of coffee. Um, and then today I walk out May 1st, I walked out in simply a sweatshirt and I was warm. It's beautiful out today. Beautiful weekend. But yeah, incredible on this weather. It should have been like this forever. Um, people get sick. People get sick during this time of year. Um, and um, and and there's not much you can do about it. It was um, I think it was one of the coldest Aprils that I can remember um, in a long time. Um, but, uh, you know, global warming. What are you going to do? Well, I think uh, and if people remember from last week, um, you were even showing that you had a touch of a cough. <laughs> <laughs> I said I was going to pull that video clip from last week's episode, and uh, and I did. And I feel like you know we we used to use this gotta stop. when it was time to cut you off. Now I think we've got the Brian cough sound effect that we will cut you off with. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh. <laughs> oh, god damn it! Oh, I hate you. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I agree with you. You're the, the worst thing has, uh, has been horrible. I had completely forgotten about that until um, until just now. That is not okay, Ron. Sorry, I apologize. No, you don't. You I don't know. apologize. You're very proud of it, yeah. Ron. What's bothering you? Well. I think this may be a first where we have a carryover uh, in beef of the week. Last week, we were talking about uh, my difficulties getting my Jeep repaired. Um, just, you know, a, a quick synopsis, taking it to the second Jeep dealership I've taken it to to get some some issues fixed. Uh, my keys apparently got stolen. But as the woman at the dealership said, on a positive note, your vehicle's still here. So it didn't get stolen uh, and was supposed to have things fixed on Monday, this past Monday. So Monday comes around and I've explained to them that I'm going on a business trip on Tuesday. So really needed the car back. So now again, keys were stolen, I think Wednesday of last week. So Thursday comes, parts aren't in. Friday, Saturday, same thing. Monday at like two o'clock, I call over. I'm like, where are we at? Oh, well, the keys aren't here yet. Okay. So four o'clock on Monday, 
the keys finally get there. Um, I get a call. They're like, you can come pick it up, but all we could do is the keys. We weren't able to fix your, your tire pressure sensors and your radio is still on order. Fine. We'll, we'll figure out the rest after I pick up the car. So I get over there right before they close and I go to pick up the car and got to go to the sales because service is already closed. So the guy sure. sales, uh, grabs my key and he's like, here you go. And it's one key. And I'm like, I thought I was getting like two keys. He's like, ah, I don't know anything about this. I'm like, well, is my old key still going to work? And he's like, well, why don't we go out go and check it out? So we walk out to my car, check the new key. New key works. Check the old key. Old key works. So I'm like, so let me get this straight. You have a key of mine that was stolen. And whoever has that key, since these keys both work, technically could open my car and drive off with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh. I guess. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, I, I feel now I need to speak to like the general manager here. Oh, I'm the general manager. <clears throat> Fantastic. So go and he's like, at first he's trying to play dumb about the whole key thing. And then I sit down in his office. He's like, well, he's like, you know, we had a break in and we had some keys stolen. And we had some vehicles stolen. So multiple vehicles apparently stolen yeah. from this dealership. He's like, he's like, so, and I'm like, well, I obviously want my keys reprogrammed because I, you know, I don't know what other information they stole when they stole my keys. Like they could have my address. I don't know. Sure. But regardless, it's just not good. So he's like, and I, I'm like, but I'm going away. He's like, all right, we'll get you in on Friday. We'll, we'll, we'll get your keys reprogrammed and we'll get those, those air pressure sensors, um, uh, replaced. Fine. So Friday morning, drop it off. Same situation. Don't hear anything all day. Like a half hour before service calls, uh, I call over and I'm like, all right, I'm like, what's going on with my car? Well, we were able to uh, to erase the keys, but now we can't get your car to recognize the keys. There's a RF hub that's bad. I'm like, well, I'm like, there's always been issues with the keys. Why don't you find that out the first three times I brought the car in? So, but, but she's like, we're, we're going to, your, your, your air pressure sensors are in. We're going to get your keys taken care of. Okay. So I get a call back like an hour later. They're like, we still need to order you the RF hub. We didn't have one in stock. Um, so, you know, you're, you're still going to get the message in your car that your keys aren't recognized, but it should start the car. Fine. Sure. I, I like that. It should start should, the car. Should start the car. So I get over there and the guy gives me my keys, go out, try and start the car. Keep getting the message that the key fob's not in the car. It won't start. The guy comes out. He's like, oh, you, you literally, you just take the key in your hand and you use the key to press the button to start. He's like, I had this issue with my, with my, with my Ram. I'm like, great. So yeah, I literally have to take the key. And instead of pushing the button with my finger, I have to push the button with my key to get it started. Right. And then every time I hit the brakes, I get a little warning ding because it thinks the key's not in the car. But I'm oh. like, all right, so that's annoying as hell. But again, they've ordered these parts. I'm still waiting on the radio. We'll get it all taken care of. At least I have my car back. Then on Saturday, I'm driving home from a, from an appointment. And the fucking air pressure uh, system warning goes on again. The one thing that they fucking fixed, now is broken again. Within less than 24 hours. No. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I've reached out to Jeep, like, on a, on the nationwide level to be like, listen, right. I'm like, because the car doesn't have 5,000 miles on it. 
Have you thought about um, uh, using the power of the podcast to file your complaint? Have you thought about tweeting? Because Twitter, there's so many eyes on Twitter right now for a lot of different reasons. Sure. But have you thought of saying, um, hey, you know, I haven't gone public with uh, my issues, but, you know, I would hate to make this part of uh, uh, the weekly podcast show that is streamed across the globe, um, Jeep, it would be bad for your sales. Listen, I, I, I alluded to, in my, in my email to them, I alluded uh, to the Ron and Brian bump. And I said, that bump can bump you up or that bump can bump you down. And at this point, it's, uh, it's up to you to decide how you want to do that. Um, so yeah, so yeah, well, that's what I like about you, Ron. And this is, I think the difference between you and I, and what makes this show go great is that you are, um, you're a subtle, you are a subtle, um, uh, uh, flavor. I come on much more, uh, straightforward. I don't see the multiple angles at play. I don't see, you know, the, um, uh, the ability to just, you know, apply subtle pressure. I'll just come on straight on, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm the guy, I'm the guy who puts the horse head in your bed while you're right. sleeping. You are the guy who comes over and just says, Hey, I work for some very powerful men and we would like you to give Johnny Fontaine this role. You don't, that's all you say. That's all subtle, subtle. We'll see what happens in the coming week. I may need you to uh, intervene on my behalf. I may need to use you have a very you have a very special set of skills. I am I Luca Brazzi. I am Luca Brazzi. I will sit there at a wedding and talk about how I wish that your first son be a masculine son. Be a masculine son. Masculine son. Do you know that he was really a mob guy? I did not know that. Yes, there was. Uh, I've I've done a lot of reading. The guy who played Luca Prazzi was actually a New York City uh, mobster who was um, basically given a part in the role so that he could keep an eye on production to make sure that nothing was going on that was um, uh, something that would upset uh, the mobsters. Hmm. I do. I have read that they that they were not allowed to use the word mafia in the movie because yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. There were a lot of roles that they had to uh, abide by. I believe there was also a uh, an outtake um, of uh, Luca Brasi when he had a cold on set. <coughs> uh, I'm going to get so much foot, so so much use out of that clip. Anyway, um, what do we have on uh, on deck this week, Brian? We've got a lot that happened in the past week. Hold uh, up. Before we do anything, okay. I think we have to celebrate that um, the pandemic is over. Yes. I the mean, pandemic was over. United States, we have defeated the pandemic. Um, even uh, even Dr. Fauci said Papa that. Fauci, excuse me. Papa Fauci, or as the females like to call him, Daddy Fauci, um, uh, he announced earlier this week that the pandemic portion of COVID-19 has been um, uh, met, has been passed, um, and we are on the other side of it. So it's all over. We have nothing to worry about. Uh, uh, Brian, uh, the next day he walked that statement back. Right. Apparently uh, the next day he said that we're just in a different moment of the pandemic. 
uh, but that he thinks the pandemic isn't over. So it's not over. I don't know. I mean, we don't have to wear masks anymore. I don't need any more booster shots. Um, children are still celebrating the fact that they don't have the receptors. Um, I feel like life is back to normal. Uh, well, I mean, I will say this. Um, I have definitely seen a uh, a drop in the use of masks in public. Um, uh, much fewer walking in streets. I'm starting to see a lot more people on the subway um, uh, uh, without a mask on, a lot more people in stores and whatnot. Personally, I'm not going to, uh, you know... Uh, you know, I'm not speaking for the podcast here, but I'm saying that, um, you know, I think that the numbers are wildly underreported of people who are testing positive for COVID-19 right now. But I think that if you're looking at the published hospitalizations and death rates, um, those are staying dramatically low by comparison to where we were in March 2020. I mean, we all remember the refrigerated trucks parked outside hospitals, um, the forklifts carrying just bodies out into um, uh, uh, the streets. I mean, those were tragic periods. Me throwing up in my sink because I just couldn't hold down any solid food. Um, me losing 20 pounds in... <coughs> <laughs> it's not as catchy as this is going to stop. But no, it really isn't. Um, however, uh, you know, uh, uh, Delta, Delta ravaged the South, Delta ravaged the uh, uh, Midwest. Uh, Omicron came on like a, uh, ooh, it came on like uh, 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 Danny LaRusso in the uh, in the finals. Um, you know, it crane kicked the whole new, uh, uh, United States. But, uh, you know, a lot of people got sick. Um, a lot of so many people tested positive, but what we're seeing with this uh, BAV two variant is very low hospitalization. So, so maybe it isn't so uh, um, uh, unrealistic or unbelievable that we can start lowering our guard a little bit. Yes, people are still going to get sick, but um, uh, this is not uh, currently this not not the same disease that is absolutely killing people. I think what we need to really focus on right now is instead of a second booster for Americans, I think we need we need to fo start focusing on um, developing countries and getting sh uh, first shots um, vaccinations for countries that uh, did not have the same kind of money that uh, the developed world did. And we need to get those people vaccinated because uh, the statistics, and regardless of where you are in politics, the statistics showed um, one shot and you're uh, much better off. Correct. Well, let's see what else happened this week. Oh, uh, Elon Musk appears to have finalized uh, his uh, purchase of Twitter for $44 billion. They have come to terms on an agreement for Elon Musk to buy Twitter. There is a $1 billion penalty that either Elon Musk would face or Twitter would face to pay the other if for any reason they pull out of the agreement. It's it. This is... Um, uh, uh, from based on the terms of the agreement, this will not go through until probably sometime late in the fall. So there's there's plenty of time for things to go wrong, which is why smart money was not buying Twitter stock earlier this week at forty nine. <laughs> no, it was not. 
Well, like you said, they are still in the process of uh, working out uh, the deal. Uh, if he does buy it for $44 billion and take it private, um, there were some... Uh, some uh, thoughts uh, being bounced around as to you know what he may do with it once, uh, sure. once he owns it, uh, opening it up for true free speech. Literally anything could be the Wild West if it becomes a private company. Uh, he would open source the algorithms. Um, there are a lot on the right that feel um, that uh, the algorithms of Twitter you know lead to shadow banning and, and silencing conservative voices. So he has said that he would uh, post the uh, the actual code for the news algorithms. Uh, he wants to get rid of the spam bots that proliferate Twitter. Um, sure. He wants to authenticate all humans utilizing uh, Twitter. And has How do you also, do that? I have no idea. I have no idea. And then also uh, floated an idea for an ad-free Twitter, which if you're going to spend $44 billion and take it, take it private, how do you then make money if you're not selling ads? Okay. I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we had attempt, you know, we pushed the bid up. We we went we went to forty three and a half billion, and um, I think you know I think you were the level head that prevailed once it got up to forty four and said you know it's probably time for us to step back. So kudos to you, Brian. Okay. Now there are a lot of people saying they will jump off Twitter um, if Elon purchases it. Uh, does it matter that much to you who owns Twitter? Uh, I could care less. Now, one thing that is... I, no, no, I, I, I mean that seriously. I, I, I believe that. Twitter is a website. Um, uh, I have absolutely no desire to... Um, uh, you know, I, I, I get a lot of use out of it. I, um, I find it a great source of news um, and current events. But at the end of the day, um, if uh, it, it goes to shit, um, I have no problem moving on to something else. I mean, um, uh, I've seen something recently... Um, that is seems to be a very uh, great alternative to it. Um, I forgot what it's called, but it is um, uh, uh, Donald Trump recently posted on it very recently. I believe um, it's called Truth Social. Yeah. Is that the name of it? Yeah, I, I recently saw it. So my theory is that if things don't go well on Twitter or, or Elon somehow screws it up, um, listen, we all, how many people were on Friendster? Um and, and and used to spend hours on it. How many people were on MySpace and spent hours on it? And we all moved on. It did not change our lives. It did not um, uh, uh, affect us negatively when we moved on. If Twitter ceases to be uh, uh, the uh, uh, the site that provides us with that value that we're getting right now from it, there will be a competitor. The free market will always meet the needs of um, uh, uh, the revenue. So, um, if, if, if Twitter falls apart, then Elon just wasted $44 billion on a useless site. People move somewhere else. The traffic will, uh, will always go to, um, uh, to where it, uh, it, it, it wants it to be. And a good question. Uh, will Elon Musk make, make Alec Baldwin unlock Brian? If Alec Baldwin, I will say it again. If Alec Baldwin ever unblocks me, I will continue to point out that he killed a lady. And I may say that he shot a lady, but I will insist on staying blocked by Alec Baldwin. I take it as a point of pride that I am blocked by Alec Baldwin on Twitter. And we are we are proud of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you know who else we're proud, proud of, Brian? Uh, a gentleman by the name of Najat Ozu, uh, who is single-handedly 
holding up a, uh, a $70 million condo project in the Upper West Side uh, because he is refusing uh, to leave his one-bedroom penthouse apartment, uh, saying that uh, he and his dog would have nowhere to go. Um, he's only being offered $30,000 to move out Bullshit. of his apartment, uh, which he currently rents for $3,350 a month, which apparently okay. is actually low for Upper West Side. What is he currently paying? $33.50 a month for a one-bedroom penthouse. So, I mean, yeah, no, 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 no. That's, uh, he, that's incredibly low. Yeah. Um, and it's just interesting, though. It's a $70 million project, and they're they're only trying to throw him thirty grand to try and get him to go. Like, I'm a, I would imagine they should throw him a million dollars. At the least. Um, he's also now claiming he's facing bullying tactics from his landlord, um, including sound pollution, like running an industrial fan outside of his window. Uh, I mean, can we just can we all agree that landlords, for the most part, suck? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, how is how is your landlord? I mean, we never really talk about you rent there in uh, in your area of Queens. Uh, how do you feel about uh, the people who run your building? Um, I would say that uh, you know you got it's. It's really about expectations. You get what you pay for. <clears throat> you know, I am paying what is considered a very reasonable uh, rent for a two-bedroom apartment um, in New York City. Uh, I'm not living in Manhattan. I know people in Manhattan that are paying twice as much as I am, um, but they're living in a more modern building. Um, they probably have balconies, better views, things like that. I decided um, that I wanted space. I've got a lot of space in my apartment. Um, but when you think about it, uh, the bare minimums or, or, or what my expectations from my landlord are absolutely being met. Um, I get plenty of heat during the winter. Um, the hot water is always working. Um, you know, if I have any problems and I call the super, uh, he's responsive, comes up and uh, fixes the issue. Um, there is a, um, a, a massage um, service, you know, uh, uh, in calls that they operate in this building. Nice. I haven't used it yet, uh, but just knowing that it's there is something that uh, makes me feel better. Um, I mean, I, I understand they've also extended that uh, that massage service to like friends and families of yours. Have anybody uh, used that that massage service? Oh, Janelle is saying that Janelle, she you use the right. massage service from was um, and and like I, what I would love to know is whether. Um, Janelle used it for, uh, you know, like, was she, um, uh, you know, was there a happy ending? Did she have to, uh, um, you know, provide anything in exchange? Maybe a, um, a trash social. That's, that's, I don't know what that is exactly. Very. I don't know. My question is, you know, like during, during the happy ending, was Janelle eating anything? Oh, she was eating a Kaiser roll. Go figure. Makes sense. Go figure. Go figure. Listen, when you can't get a delivery, you go with the Kaiser roll. Well, sometimes you get delivery. It's just the fees are outrageous sometimes Ridiculous. Ridiculous. when you try to order a sandwich and some soup. So, uh, Brian, our next story, yes. this may shock you a bit, uh, but do you remember uh, the uh, We Build the Wall cause that raised millions of dollars to assist uh, building a wall along the uh, the Mexican border? Yeah, of this course. Shocking. I mean, I donated lots of money to it. This shocking news is uh, the people who started it uh, were ripping people off. What? Yes. Stealing money. Brian Colfidge, uh, the uh, the veteran who uh, helped start the program, 
He admitted in court uh, last week that he conspired to secretly take more than $350,000 of the donations for himself. Um, he has now agreed to forfeit more than $17.8 million, uh, and he has agreed to a plea deal, uh, which will require him to pay at least $143,000 in unpaid taxes, uh, serve a sentence of 51 to 63 months in prison, as well as pay a fine of somewhere from twenty to twenty thousand to two hundred thousand um, dollars. Andrew Badalato, another We Build the Wall employee, also entered a guilty plea to a count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Um, the judge in the case, however, <clears throat> has yet to approve the agreement. Under current sentencing guidelines, Coldfish could face a sentence of up to forty-six years in prison uh, for the charges. Um, now, this God. is also. This is also the the same uh, campaign that Steve Banner um, also faced fraud charges and allegations of taking one million dollars from the project, uh, but he was uh, pardoned by Donald Trump during the last hours of his administration. Um, oh, so surprised. he didn't face any charges on that. Shocking. Uh, I think the the thing is, uh, just be careful who you give your money to. Um, speaking of money and and who you're giving money to, Ron. Um, please remind people that we have a Patreon um, that uh, 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 for a very, a very reasonable amount, as little as $5 a month, all the way up to $150 a month, you can give us your money. Um, go to our website here. There is a, um, a banner running below, uh, ronandbrianpodcast.com. Click on the button on the upper right-hand corner to become a patron subscriber. What do you get? You're asking. Right off the bat, every week we do um, at least 30 minutes of content behind the paywall that is um, content that we should not be putting on um, uh, YouTube, that is not Facebook friendly. Um, stories about sex, OnlyFans, hookers, drugs, um, uh, underage, um, uh, 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 no, nothing about underage. I just wanted to see if I could get Ron uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> But the idea there is to help us offset some of the costs that Ron and I incur on a regular basis to be able to provide this show to you for free on a regular basis. Um, we figured that one of the ways, you know, instead of just asking people for handouts, because we're not those kind of people, we don't want something for free. Um you know, we're going to say um, you know, uh that you're gonna get some value for it. And what you're gonna get is um, some spicy content, titillating stories. Ron, when he drinks high alcohol beer, will uh, tell a, uh, a story that maybe uh, his wife doesn't know. Maybe she's never heard before. Maybe it's something I've never heard before. Uh, maybe I will, um, you know, sometimes one of these uh, weeks I've, uh, you know, uh, threatened that during uh, the uh, after dark, I'm going to wax my booty hole. Um, you know, we keep saying we're going to do it. Haven't done it yet. Um but, but it's speaking just, of it's, the After Dark, that is, I think, probably the most valuable contribution when you become a Patreon subscriber is you can join us for an additional half hour of content each and sure. every Sunday night. And then at the end of the month, we have our monthly pajama party where we have our listeners come on competing in uh, the Can You Beat Ron game, which we can change it from Will You Beat Ron back to Can You Beat Ron? Because Correct. last week I stood triumphant again. Um, the the category was showers for April showers. My shower knowledge slightly better uh, than those of my competitors. It was a good uh, a good matchup, but 
uh, I brought home the victory and it felt good to be back on the winning on the winning side of things. I would agree with you there. Um, let's see. You know who else uh, could you use a few dollars? Uh, yeah. A uh, young boy uh, by the name of Dominic Crankle. Uh, he is in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, he was he's a six year old boy. He was being bullied by an eight year old neighbor. And then last week, and this is it's twisted, and it's even more twisted the fact that this was oh, this eight year old that did this. <clears throat> that um, the eight year old. Um, covered a tennis ball with gasoline, lit it on fire, and then threw the ball in Dominic's face. Fuck. Uh, catching him on fire. Um, we have a we have a photo here. Let me just pull this up um, of Dominic in the uh, in the emergency room here. Um, again, very badly burned on his face. Um, and, and you know this kid had been bullying him for uh, for a couple of months, um, but just a, a horrendous thing for a six year old and his family to have to deal with. Um, yeah. The family uh, did start a GoFundMe uh, to help aid in his recovery, uh, because obviously, uh, thanks to our horrible healthcare system, um, this is going to cost a lot of money to uh, to have Dominic get well. Uh, but as of earlier, so, tonight, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Ron. Yeah. This is such a sad story. It is. Um, a doubt. I mean, this poor little kid is just staying at home trying to befriend his friends, um, you know, uh, neighbors, and they are uh, torturing him. They're bullying him. I mean, this is one of the stories that just, um, you know, this look at look at this poor kid. You know, I know that I'm I'm cynical when it comes to it, and this fucking story really fucking upsets me. Um, and uh, I see nothing funny here. It just. Um, this poor kid is fucking suffering. They burned him, uh, second degree burns over his face and hands. Um, I wish there was some way we could help him out. Well, uh, maybe we can share his GoFundMe link uh, on our social media. They have raised uh, $519,000 um, for him so far. Hopefully they can continue uh, to uh, get that number to increase. Um, anybody who can, please help out the family of Dominic. How much money did he make this month in GoFundMe? Uh, 519000 I am personally going to send him some money um, because I think that, you know, one of the beautiful things about the internet is that it has opened up avenues for you to um, send your hard-earned money to people who deserve it to people who have earned it. You know, this poor kid, um, you know, the the road to recovery that he's going to face because of some asshole um, uh, uh, child that lives next door to him, a bully, whatnot. Um, it's one of the things that really warms my heart is the fact that, um, is that it, it's allowed people to connect this internet thing of ours. It's allowed people to connect in ways and for the transfer of money to go into directions where, you know, you have the haves, and you have the um, I could uh, I could use it to help uh, uh, go through some difficult times, and it, it's a way for that money to transfer and to go to where, to places where it really can go to good use. Yes. Um, speaking of which, uh, we talked about I don't remember if it was on the main podcast or on After Dark last. No, it was probably the main podcast. We were talking about Danielle Bergoli, um, aka Bad Barbie. Uh, who became famous from her Dr. Phil appearance back in 2016. We talked Bad baby. About, we talked bad baby. Bad Barbie was a movie that came out in, I believe it was 1987, starring um, Amber Lynn um, and Ron Jeremy. Anyway, 
So we talked last week about how uh, Bad Baby had purchased a $6.1 million Florida home in an all-cash deal. Uh, we wondered exactly how that could have happened. Well, we had an answer this past week uh, when she posted a photo on her Instagram that showed the amount of money uh, that she had made on OnlyFans in the past year. And that amount was over... $50 million. Oh. Going to let that sink in for a moment. We'll pull that up on the screen here. Because we've, we've, we've talked OnlyFans a lot on this show, Brian. Primarily right. in After Dark, but sometimes. And you have always been skeptical uh, in the money that these OnlyFans uh, creators say they make. But uh, this is, again, this photo is allegedly from her... Uh, her OnlyFans account from April 1st of last year to April 25th of this year, uh, showing that she pulled in gross almost $53 million, um, taking home uh, a little over $42.3 million. Uh, now, you were pointing out something that I found very interesting. So, we, yeah, we... we we talked about Ron crunch like, the numbers. <laughs> so we'll crunch the number of it. We talk about the, the money that the creators make just on their subscriptions. And right. actually, so she made 16.6 million in money from subscriptions. So sure. she's, uh, so that's what she's $24 a month. We should have run the uh, the numbers. Let me do this real. We quick. should have a sound effect of like a, a calculate. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, where the hell are you? So that's in a year. So I mean that she's looking at roughly almost fifty eight thousand subscribers. So all things considered, for the for it's the million bad number, Instagram, I'm not gonna lie, not yeah. bad. But where she actually made the most of her money was in OnlyFan messages. So if you are subscribing to a uh, to a content creator on OnlyFan, you can you can DM them. And if you want to attach, you know, a tip to that message, that allows your message to come in higher and apparently increases the possibility that they may see it. So again, she made 16.6 million in subscriptions and this money attached to messages sent to her, she made 25.5 million. And tips. So she's not even making thought, her bulk of her money from the subscriptions. No. And I would have thought tips would have been higher. She only made about 161,000 in tips. But so many people apparently want a message, bad baby, that they're willing to pay to the tune of $25.5 million. In a month, in a month. Now you see, this is the other thing. This is the other number that jumps out to me is that she grossed 52.8 million and netted 42.3, which means that OnlyFans, the website pocketed 10.5 million dollars in one month over bad baby's account over a year how's that over a year because april of 2021 to april of 2022 oh this is over a year this so is over a year, year yeah, yeah, yeah. so in a year they made 10 million dollars off of her correct Ron, we are not in the right business. <laughs> we, we are need not. to create a website with credit card transactions where we can get women who are in their early 20s who want to take their tops off and we can connect them with horny dudes that want to send them a lot of money. We, we don't even have to create the content. 
All we do is drive traffic and make money. But uh, given this news from uh, Bad Baby, Brian, I believe you have an announcement you'd like to make. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. The Ron and Brian World Premiere. Ladies and gentlemen, I am announcing here today in episode 204 that I am going to start, and I know I've threatened it before, but I'm totally doing this for real now, people. I am going to start my own OnlyFans account. I will be showing um, uh, exclusive content behind the paywall. Um, it could be pictures of me coming out of the shower. It could be pictures of me cutting my toenails. Um, it, it, it could get saucy, could get spicy, could be a video, um, could be, you know, uh, uh, you know, a video of me doing a shot, maybe a picture of, you know, a video of me drinking a beer. Mm. Will I take a 12 inch um, uh, 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 oblong object uh, in the um, in the exit hole? I don't know. It depends on how much money you're willing to tip me. Um, if we're talking twenty five million dollars. Yeah, I'll start practicing right now, people. I'm looking to get paid. All right. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for that. We will obviously, um, we'll share. Uh, It'll Ryan be on our socials. Can. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but OnlyFans slash not Brian is uh, absolutely going to blow up. A lot of feet picks I think you're going for too. Hey, just you want you want a little? <laughs> a little taste. There you go, people. Go. That's a free one. You want a second one? You're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> Let's see. This is interesting. So you you put this story on uh, on our list today about a uh, a family that was staying at a hotel um, in uh, in Toronto, I believe. Uh, sure. So uh, they were uh, unknown the the hotel they were staying at, but they apparently uh, were ripped off for over six thousand uh, dollars because they ordered room service um, at the hotel. Um, apparently there was a room service menu that was slipped under the door, um, had a number that you had to call to place the order. So they did, they called, they placed the order. Um, they gave, uh, the father's debit card, uh, to who they thought was the hotel staffer over the phone, sure. waited over an hour and a half, uh, got no food. Um, and when they called the front desk, found out that, um, they never had an order for them. Um, so he logged into his bank account to find that over $6,000 of his money had been stolen um, in the hour and a half that they waited for the food. Now, I have you heard of something like this before? Um, this particular one is new to me. Yes. Uh, the, the fake uh, room service. Now, I have a question, which is um, about the scamming of money. Okay. Sure. So... You go, you you get somebody's debit card information. Mm -hmm. You go in and you take six thousand dollars. Right? Where does it go? Is it going to like a Russian bank where like the United States has no authority to claim the money back? Is it um, is it going into a temporary account that somebody has gone to the effort of opening in America and then um, you know shutting down after you know uh, a couple uses? You know, it's just you know, I know how difficult it is uh, here in, in America to to open up a bank account. Right. Um, uh, you, you've got to show a lot of different pieces of identification. Um, I know that if they, you know, they'll they'll shut the account down very quickly if there's any hint of 
uh, you know, uh, uh, activity that's fraudulent. So I, I don't understand where is this money going to and how is it that it's impossible in the interconnected world of finance for these accounts to get shut down and um, the money returns. I mean, I would imagine, you know, either it's a case of it's, you know, it's it's uh, the account is somewhere international if the money's being moved to, um, or to your point, you know, if is it a case of where they they get the money and then they move it to another account, um, you know, I, I you know, with with the way you can do with VPNs and computers and things these days, you know, I would think it's very easy to kind of hide your your money trail to an extent. But it's but this scam requires somebody local to get into lo- hotels and put flyers underneath doors. Like this True. isn't a digital only scam. It's, this isn't like a you know some you know somebody from India who's calling me to tell me that my social security number has been um, uh, uh, what's the word I was thinking of. Um, compromised, and therefore, what they, you know, uh, what I need to do is give my banking information so they can validate that I am who I am. Like I've gotten those scams before. I love talking to them on the phone um, <laughs> because it's, you know, it's clearly not somebody from Tennessee, and they're calling me first name Steve. Always first name is Steve, and uh, those guys I will talk to. I have nothing better to do in my life. I will absolutely, if I get an automated message, please hold for the Social Security Department. I'm holding. Well, and I think what happens a lot, you know, I've, I've watched some of these videos on YouTube of people trying to crack down on scammers. Um, you know, these scammers in foreign countries will connect with people in the States. Um, this was in Canada. So, I mean, they, they connect and, you know, they find these people to assist them, you know, promising them, uh, you know, a portion of whatever money they're able to take. So, mm-hmm. you know, this this could be someone based in a foreign country connecting with someone, you know, in the U.S. who will go, you know, drop these flyers at a hotel, push them under the door, you know, what have you. Again, I mean, there are, you know, I've heard of a number of different scams that people try to run on people staying in hotels. Um, the big one typically is, you know, you will get you know, a call in your room from someone claiming to be down at the front desk and say, you know, there's an issue with your payment in order for you to continue Mm. staying in the hotel. You know, we need to get another credit card number from you, but I can take that from you right now. You don't have to come down to the desk. Like that's one heard of this, this room service one is, is kind of new too. Um, But needless to say, you know, if you are staying in a hotel, uh, the hotel will never ask you for a credit card number over the phone. They will always have you come down to the front desk because, you know, these days they've got the chip and pin technology. They have to scan your card. They just can't take a number. Um, and, you know, also if you're ordering room service, anything within the hotel should be able to be charged to your room. So you should not need to give a credit card for room service, you know, restaurant, whatever. Sure. And unfortunately, wow. folks, um, and, and I will say, you know, there is, if you are, if you're going to order out, I mean, that's, you know, another reason why Uber Eats and, and DoorDash have become very popular with people staying in hotels, because it's at least a platform where you're purchasing food and you, you know, it, you know, even with pizza flyers, you could be getting the phone number of a company that doesn't really exist. You could be calling up to order a pizza and now they've got your credit card number and doing the same thing. Wow, you know what's weird? It was wild. I, I I don't know that I would have ever thought of that. Yeah, like I would have just trusted the pizza flyer. And like when you called somebody, who's was like Antonio's. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> let me get a, uh, a, a chicken parm hero. 
uh, order a garlic knots. Can I get the side salad dressing on the side? Because I'm worried about calories. Is that your go-to, the garlic knots? Um, no. I, I will I will only do garlic knots if I'm with other people. I feel like if I'm I'm ordering like a chicken parm hero, I'm already getting way in, way more bread than I really need. And then to add on garlic knots, it's um uh but I but to me I will say that is one of my guilty pleasures. It is, is a garlic I agree. Knot. But I don't I think I think we've taken a step too far because now what I see that the the move is is to take an order of garlic knots, put it in one of those little tins, and then load it up with mozzarella cheese. And then you put that in the oven and you melt the mozzarella cheese so it's this gooey, cheesy with a garlic knot. I can only imagine how fucking delicious it is. But I also look at it and I'm just like, you know what? 25-year-old me would have absolutely gone to town (laughs) on that plate. But now I look at it with the wisdom of, of, you know, somebody my age and I'm like, you know what? I just don't need it. I, I would like one garlic knot. Can I get one just garlic knot? Plain garlic knot. Maybe an order of garlic knots for the table. For the table. For the table. For the table. Yeah. Uh, I just... uh, the Johnny Depp uh, defamation trial continues. Oh, I, th- I was referring to it as the Amber Heard defecation trial. <laughs> we did. We did hear that. Apparently, both of them uh, shit the bed. That, that seems well, whoa, be- whoa, 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 whoa. When did, when did, I never heard the Johnny Depp shit. Did I hear bed. that wrong? Or was it just her? I heard it was just her that shit the bed. But uh, what are your thoughts about this trial? Okay, so my understanding, and you correct me, this is one of those Ron sets the story straight. Sure. Is that they were married. Um, were they married? Yes, they I were, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Then they got divorced. And right. in the divorce, she wanted everything. But they weren't married for a particularly long period of time. Right. After the divorce, they started um, uh, saying things in public about how awful the other person was. I believe she um, started accusing him of domestic abuse, which absolutely affected. I think he lost some movie roles as a result of it. So he sued her for defamation. She countersued him because he said some things publicly that put her in a negative light. And what we are watching now is a trial where they are both suing each other to see um, what compensatory damages um, were caused based on the verbal comments that one made of the other. Um, You're close. I mean, I'm going to say you are you are closer than you normally are. And keep in mind, I am not following the specifics <laughs> of this trial. I'm going to say this, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong on this. But um, Johnny Depp, I remember when he came up on 21 Jump Street, I remember thinking that this was um, – he was the next Brad Pitt. And I don't even think Brad Pitt was popular back then. But I thought that Johnny Depp was going to be Brad Pitt, like Hollywood, a elite, whatnot. Um, didn't make it. Didn't happen for him. Um, I, you know, based on articles I've read about him, um, I don't think he wanted it. I don't think that he wanted to be, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, that level. Um, and at the same time, um, I really think that this was a bad relationship, that these were two people who had a lot of hostility towards each other. And rather than just walk away, I think that they um, each drag the other down further. 
And now we as a society are wallowing in the cesspool of their relationship, um, uh, literally getting our rocks off on watching other people's struggles. And um, it just makes me very sad that this is um, a, you know, uh, public, that this is public um, uh, uh, spectacle. And at the same time, that these are two people who are very unhappy with uh, of the relationship they're in and um, uh, uh, couldn't find a better way of, of, of getting out. Right. I mean, I, I have to agree with you on that. I, I think, you know, my takeaway is, you know, I don't know that there's necessarily an innocent party in, in this situation. Yeah, think, they're both terrible people. I think it was a very toxic relationship and each of them did and, and said things that were pretty horrible um, to kind of kind of clarify, you know, what the trial stemmed from is, you know, back in 2018, um, Amber Heard released an op-ed uh, that she wrote for the Washington Post when she became a uh, kind of a uh, ambassador for the ACLU uh, regarding domestic violence. So she described herself as a, quote, public fee figure representing domestic abuse. And even though Johnny Depp wasn't named in this op-ed that she did, you know, there were a number of people who were like, she's referring to Johnny Depp. And it, yeah. was, it was two days after the op-ed was released where he was fired from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, which yeah. obviously was the most, you know, kind of lucrative stage of his career. So, you know, he, he has filed this lawsuit um, for $50 million, um, could double with compensatory damages. I don't believe she's countersuing him in this case. Um, just but so that so basically the 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 defense that Amber Heard is is putting out there is that, you know, number one, it wasn't defamatory because Johnny Depp is not mentioned at all in the op-ed. But if people did draw that conclusion, it's fair because he did abuse me. So that's kind of the angle they're taking. Whereas, you know, Johnny is is playing, you know, the victim of domestic abuse. But I think at the end of the day, they were both victims of each other's abuse. Yeah. What I find surprising, and I don't know the specifics of this, because I've really tried to avoid being exposed to it, but it's very hard now in social media nowadays, is that it seems like her legal team is quite poor. Uh, And And I don't. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, I don't know why, you know, well, I do know why with TikTok, you watch one video and then it's just automatically going to start pushing more and more to you. What I, you know, there's definitely have been a lot. You of, mean, are you talking about how the algorithm tends to feed into <laughs> videos that you watch and, and provide you more of those? Yes. So, so you're saying that if I continue to send you um, reels on Instagram of disabled people th- <laughs> and you watch them that it will also just start to provide those to you on its own. And I don't have to keep sending you videos like that. Uh, possibly very possibly. In fact, if you want to, uh, if you want, I like, I, I genuinely get a kick when I send you like five or six videos in a row and all I get back about two hours later is nope. Ah, <laughs> oh, that makes me laugh so hard. Oh, um, yeah, there, there has been a number of, of clips of uh, her two lawyers, um, you know, not really doing, you know, the best job. Um, the one I remember was, I don't know the guy, that's her lawyer. Um, I, right. I don't know his name, but he was asking a question to the witness on the stand. 
And the witness started to answer and the lawyer then objected. There's been a million objections for hearsay. So the lawyer right. like objected to and said hearsay. And the judge was like, but you asked the question. <laughs> like you asked the right. question and he answered it based on the way you asked it. And like you literally could see like Johnny Depp and his lawyer like laughing over him. But it's yeah, yeah I, it doesn't. But again, here's the thing. The the Internet clearly favors Johnny Depp in this situation. It is course, what it yeah. seems like. Public so, opinion, of course. So the, the question then becomes like, you know, are they are, are her lawyers really that bad? Are they doing as bad a job as it's as it's made to seem? Or is that just what because that's the narrative that people want to put out there? You know, is like, is that's what's really happening? Or is that just the narrative that everyone who who is a fan of Johnny Depp and wants him to win this case? Is that what they're putting out there? Well, I think the 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 issue first off is that he has um you know 20 30 years of uh, of popularity. She is a um Hollywood actress who at best would you describe as a B-level actress? Uh, I would say probably, yeah. You know, I mean, had she not gotten together with him, I think, you know, she probably would have ended up with Marilyn Manson. I don't know, maybe she was with <laughs> Marilyn Manson at one point. But it's like I don't think she, you know, it, it feels like, um, uh, you know, her being in the same uh, uh, name as with Johnny Depp was a step up for her, where I think, you know, he could, he's a uh, um, a leading actor, regardless of the movie he does. Um, I've actually already lost my train of thought. Where, where was I talking about? Because I genuinely. Um, we, we, we were talking about Johnny Depp being. Huh, oh, yes. Uh, public opinion. Okay. Yeah. So I think the fact that so many people have such a positive um, impression of Johnny Depp, I think automatically is going to slide them um, to a position of uh, uh, thinking favorably about him. When, um, you know, she, when, when they were uh, coming out of their relationship and whatnot, and she started to take this position publicly that he was an abuser, that he was, um, that he had assaulted her and whatnot. I think that it dropped, it caused a lot of damage to his reputation. This was during the Me Too movement where um, uh, women were, were, were standing up and saying, you know, um, uh, I am not here to be abused by a man. Um, it's not okay. And suddenly Johnny Depp's name got started to thrown into um, the mix with a lot of um, toxic men. And I think what we're starting to see now is the realization that, um, well, hold on a second, Amber, you're also just as bad as what he did. Right. Um, um, you are no more better um, uh, uh, in terms of your actions, but you immediately, um, and I think this is just one of those visceral American um, stories where um, you know someone stands up and says, I'm the victim here, poor me. And then suddenly it comes out that they're also a piece of garbage. I think it causes Americans to want to pull them down as quickly as possible. Um, she's not seen, I think, in, in, in most circles now as a sympathetic character. I just saw this week that she was getting tossed from Aquaman 2. Um, well, there was a there's a petition out there to have her removed from Aquaman 2. But the director has said that he has no intention of removing her from the movie at this point. But they, I didn't even. They the, but they put the uh, the survey up and many people signed that. Ron, if it makes you feel better, I didn't even know she was in Aquaman 1. <laughs> that was my prominent role to date. Is um, Aquaman DC or Marvel? DC. 
Oh, I should have seen it. Jason Momoa, who you're a big fan of. I'm surprised you like watching him shirtless. So I'm surprised you didn't catch that movie. Uh, but to your point, like, and, and there's also a, there's a portion of the population out there who, when a, when a woman, um, you know, accuses a man, especially a high profile man of domestic violence, there is a, there's a segment of the, of the, of the population out there that automatically believes the man and feels sure. that the percentage of women that lie about domestic violence is much higher than it actually is in reality. Sure. But this gives them now an opportunity to really, you know, kind of trumpet that talking point that they like. Because again, I don't, I don't think Johnny Depp is innocent, but I think, like you said, both of them are horrible people. But this just yeah. gives, you know, that that section of the population that likes to accuse women of falsely accusing men, it just gives them some more supposed ammunition to, to throw out there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, to me, this is just a, this is a trial that should not be, uh, for public consumption. No, this is, this is, this is something where it's, uh, it's really sad to watch two people. Um, you know, and I, and listen to Johnny Depp's not coming across like roses here. No. Um, you know, some of the videos or audio clips that they're playing of him, um, things he has said is just, uh, um, you know, even, you know, I, listen, I've had some bad relationships and he's said some things that, you know, he's being quoted as saying some things in this trial that even I never thought it would, you know, would say to about another human being, even when I was at my lowest. Well, and he, and some of the text messages that they've made him read that he sent to her and other people um, were, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like you may be a victim here, but that doesn't excuse your own shitty behavior. And, and, and he's guilty of that. Right. Uh, speaking of domestic violence, uh, Major League Baseball came out this week and suspended uh, L.A. Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer uh, 324 games um, for uh, allegations of domestic abuse. Um, sure. Two full seasons. Um, kind of surprising, uh, all, somewhat considering, you know, the, uh, the district attorney in L.A. Uh, did not press charges over it. Um, you know, the, the accuser had requested a restraining order before that was denied. So, um, but this, but in addition to this, he did have another accusation of domestic abuse. Um, he has since filed a lawsuit against, uh, his initial accuser. Um, but uh, quite the statement that major league baseball has made. Because you look at like NFL, perfect example, you may get a three or four game suspension uh, for domestic abuse. Um, hockey, I don't even know if they suspend players anymore at this point. No, no, no. I think, uh, I think they brag about baseball it. Baseball throwing down the gauntlet with a two year subscription, uh, two year uh, ban, which will take him through the end of his current Dodgers contract, which means he will he will not get paid uh, if this suspension holds up. I, you know, I'm, I'm marking this up as major league baseball, basically coming out and saying, um, we believe you're guilty of the allegations that were made against you. Um, we, uh, uh, we can't support or pretend that this shit didn't happen. Um, and we believe that the prosecutor's decision not to press charges is not based on your innocence, but based on the likelihood of obtaining a conviction which, you know, considering our current um, uh, legal climate um, would be very difficult to obtain. Um, I think this is Major League Baseball's way of um, 
of uh, of just staying uh, positive in the public uh, in the public arena. Well, it, it also puts you know, and and obviously you know, with with the recent lockout having ended, you know, Major League Baseball and the union, you know, there's no love lost there. It, it, right. It, Major League Baseball doing this puts the union in a tough position of potentially needing to you know defend one of their members um against you know the, this this suspension for for domestic violence sure how do you and and how do you defend this guy right i mean the charges against him are so um egregious um i mean uh, you know uh, uh, he choked a woman in, uh, allegedly he choked a woman until she passed out and then once she was passed out he sexually assaulted her in right. a very violent way like in I a mean, way that you usually have to pay like you know the pimp like quadruple afterwards because the prostitute's not going to be able to work for a couple of weeks. Um, and I would imagine being, you know, he is a union member. I mean, if he, if he files an appeal, which I would go, go absolutely go under the assumption that he will. Sure. I think the union is obligated to provide him with a defense. But their defense, he could get an Amber Heard type defense. <laughs> he could. Like nowhere does it well. say that that the union has to give him the best defense. He Good can point. just the union has to provide him a defense. Yeah, big difference. Big difference. Well, we will we will keep up on these stories and speaking, many more. Yes. Speaking of big differences, a lot of people said to me, "Hey, what is the difference between Winona Judd and Naomi Judd?" And, and you know, a week ago, I would have said, what's the difference between them? I don't know. Not a lot of difference. However, today, gigantic difference. One is alive. One is dead. That's right, people. Um, earlier uh, today or yesterday, 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 Naomi Judd, mother of Winona, mother of Ashley, dying at the age of 76. And this is where it's sad. One day before she was to be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame, um, uh, one half of the mother-daughter duo, The Judds, they dominated the country music charts in the 80s with a blend of tight vocal harmonies, traditional arrangements, and modern pop aesthetics. Died in her house in Na- just outside of Nashville on Saturday, Cause of death was not specifically referenced. However, quote from the family was, we lost our beautiful mother to the disease of a mental illness. Rumor on the street, suicide. Mm, Very sad. Very sad. And when I say rumor on the street, I'm talking about when William Esquire says it looks like suicide. That's all I need for word on the street. All right. Well, and with that, uh, it'll be looks like it's time to wrap up this edition, this episode yes. 204 and yes. time to get ready for the after dark, which we had mentioned earlier is exclusive for those folks signed up for our Patreon. Uh, if you want to hop over to Ron and Brian podcast.com, sign up at the bronze level or higher. We can get you that link in time for tonight's show at 930. In the meantime, Brian, anything else before we roll out of here this week? I love you. Um, I look forward to seeing you and um, uh, to everybody watching right now, everybody listening, whenever you are. Um, I appreciate the fact you've just given us um, 71 minutes of your life. I hope that we rewarded you with some entertainment. Uh, and if you get the opportunity this week, do something nice for somebody. 
All right. Love you too, my friend. Love all of our followers and listeners out there. Uh, We enjoy bringing you this each and every week. Uh, So we will bring you more next Sunday night at eight o'clock. In the meantime, if you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, we'll see you in about 18 minutes. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube. Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again.